Well, we spent our fall months uh, going through Genesis chapter 1 through 3, on creation and then the fall of man. Um, I am going to return, at least for a while, to Genesis. I feel like that's the Lord's direction there. But we're not going to move quite as slowly as we did through the first uh, three chapters of Genesis, or we'll be here when I retire, uh, still going through Genesis. So, um, But today I want to look at Genesis chapter 4. Um, and a- as we do that, we're going to be looking at um, Cain and Abel. Um, And one of the things I want to remind us as we look at this today is that we we should not forget that this chapter follows immediately on the heels of Genesis 3. I mean, we know that. We we know that 4 comes after 3. But right after the fall of man and Adam and Eve have sinned in the garden, we have this event with Cain and Abel immediately. And that should really strike our hearts and get our attention. You can see how all of mankind was radically changed in that one event of Adam and Eve's sin. The very first baby on planet Earth. We have great expectations for him. When you have your firstborn, you have great expectations. This is the firstborn in all of human history. He is the first baby, and you have these great expectations, and he completely misses the mark of God's purpose for him. Now, you probably have heard this many times in your life, but the, the Greek word for sin is hamartia, and it means missing the mark. Missing the mark of God's purpose for your life. Cain, the very first baby, missed the mark of God's purpose for his life. The other thing that I want you to notice before we read this text together is that the first thing that happens after Genesis chapter 3 is a sacrifice. There had not needed to be any sacrifices before Genesis chapter 3. But after sin, there was this natural need that we had when we realized that we were out of communication, out of relationship with God. We had to do something. To try to fix it. And so God instructs Adam and Eve in this art of sacrifice, of bringing something to him. And so it reminds us that the essence of what it means to be people, what it means to be human, is that we are moral, religious beings. We were created with a soul to relate to God. And our sin comes between that and it breaks it. And something has to be done to take care of that. And so we naturally, when we sin, we want to do something to break, uh, heal that broken relationship. And the very first thing we read about in chapter 4 is Cain and Abel offering sacrifices to mend the relationship. Adam 
it says, made love to his wife, Eve. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, and you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? I'm going to pause right there and just say, you are your brother's keeper for all the unborn children in the world. Do not forget that. The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wonder on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wonder on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that he, no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod east of Eden. Father God, this is your holy word. Make it holy to us. Speak to us today. Let it be life to us. Let it bring instruction to us. Let it correct us. And let it draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a lot of things uh, in this text that we don't know for sure about. We don't have all the details. What we do know is what is clearly here in the text. And so that's what I want to focus on this morning. Cain and Abel, brothers. Some suggest that they are twins and born right after each other, but we don't know that. Cain came out and out of, the, out of the same womb, they come out very different. You know that about your children, how different they can be. And you wonder, how can this be? <laughs> but you have Cain, and he loves the soil. He's a tiller, keeper, servant of the ground. And there's Abel, and he is a shepherd. He's a keeper of the flock. 
He loves, he loves animals. The sacrifices that they bring to God represent the, the things that they love in life. Cain, the tiller of the ground, brings a sacrifice from the ground. Nothing wrong with that. He's just bringing to God out of the abundance of his life and the things that he loves. Abel brings a sacrifice of sheep from his flock. Again, nothing wrong with that. He's bringing to God out of the things that God has given him a deep interest in. So you have these two boys that have definitely been given interest by God. And they use them to worship. We assume that Adam and Eve had instructed the two boys in the sacrifices um, that God had given them instruction in, and they had passed that on. But Cain obviously did not obey all of that instruction. We don't know what all that was, but Cain's sacrifice was not pleasing to the Lord. Both of them, again, offered a sacrifice according to their own work, and that was good. But Abel offered the very best of his sheep. There is a little bit of a suggestion in the text that perhaps Cain didn't offer the best of his crop. He just was going to do a sacrifice and do his due diligence with God and just offer the run-of-the-mill crop. The average crop. Instead of offering God what was his very best, he was just going to make an offering and make do with it. Perhaps that is what was not satisfying to God. We don't know for sure what that was, but it didn't please God. But I want to say this. Cain was not rejected by God because of his sacrifice. His sacrifice was rejected by God because of Cain. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. God did not reject Cain because of his sacrifice. He rejected Cain's sacrifice because of Cain (laughs) and what was inside of Cain. If you look at this text, God is never angry at Cain. He just wasn't pleased with the sacrifice. And he wanted Cain to fix it. He was never angry at Cain. And there's a lot of times when you and I, we we just sense that we're, we're not pleasing God right now in our lives. And we need to be careful how we take that sense of displeasure. We cannot get angry about it. We, we must look at that and say, God loves me enough to try to draw me back and correct my error and my way. And Cain was not able to do that. If you go to the book of Jude, um, the way of Cain is mentioned in verse 11. And it suggests Jude is all about in the last days there will be rebellious, treacherous people. 
he says, and selfish people. And Jude 11 describes them as walking in the way of Cain. And that tells us that, that Cain's heart, even though he was trying to worship God, he was really not too interested in God. He was really interested in himself. And he had a little bit of a spirit of rebellion going on inside. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 says, To obey is better than sacrifice. Cain was just going to make a sacrifice and be done with it, but he wasn't too interested in obeying God. 1 Samuel chapter 16, as, as uh, the prophet was picking out the king of Israel, prophet says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And, and we just need to understand as Christians that a lot of times we are so worried about the appearance and what pe- how people look at us. And sometimes that becomes what our faith is all about, putting on a good impression. And the fact is we need to be reminded that God looks right past all of that. (laughs) And he sees right to our heart. That's what he cares about. That's what he wants to nurture. That's what he wants to get to. Isaiah 29 verse 13 says, This people draw near with their mouths to me. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That was the message of Isaiah, that God really is after our hearts. And that, apparently, was the problem that Cain had. He was going through the motions. But he really didn't have a heart for God. Cain's response is one of anger and sadness. His face is like that of a two-year-old who isn't getting what he wants right at the moment. It's downcast. He wanted to be able to make a sacrifice and go on. (laughs) And he certainly didn't want to make a sacrifice and then have it not measure up to his brother's sacrifice. And doesn't that just gall us? <laughs> when, when we do something and it just doesn't quite measure up to what someone else does? <laughs> oh, it's so human. And simple. When God rejected Cain's offering... Cain made no attempt at fixing his heart. Instead, he got angry at Abel. And friends, I just want to say this quickly because I think all of us need to just hear the real simple, plain truth. A lot of times when God wants to do a work in us, Instead, we find fault with another Christian. Be very, very careful 
when you start to find fault with another Christian, that you're not avoiding dealing with God on an issue that God wants to deal with you on. Abel, there, there was no reason for Cain to even concern himself with Abel. He didn't need to think about Abel. He didn't need to think about Abel's sacrifice or anything else. But Cain did not want to address the real issue, which was his heart condition with God. And so he diverted himself by becoming jealous and angry at Abel. And a lot of times, and I, I, I just speak from experience, I speak from my own heart, a lot of times when God's wanted to work in my life, I have moved my attention to someone else that I'm jealous of or angry with or something else instead of dealing with the issue in here. And we have to be really, really careful of that as God's people. God warned Cain, sin is crouching at your door. <laughs> he says, no, come back. Fix your heart. Don't worry about Abel. But Cain held the grudge. And he proceeded to take his brother out to the field, invite him out to the field, and then he killed him. Anger can take us out of our right minds. Anger is every bit as destructive as being totally intoxicated with alcohol. It can take us out of our right minds and cause us to do what we would never, ever do in our right minds. I don't think Cain woke up that morning planning to kill his brother. The first two children on planet Earth who had grown up And Cain goes out and murders Abel. With intent, it was premeditated, full-blown murder. And what does God do? When you and I sin, God is always the first one on the scene. And it's because he loves us. When we sin, God is always the first one on the scene. Because he wants to restore us. God asks Cain questions. He doesn't even make accusations. Remember Adam and Eve when they sinned? God came and says, uh, where are you, Adam? He starts asking questions. He doesn't even accuse him. Adam? You ate from that apple. I told you not to eat from. No, that's not what God does. And here you have Cain who goes out and murders his brother. And if I had been God, I wouldn't have done it like God did. 
<laughs> but God was a lot smarter. And God, instead of accusing him, he finds Cain and he comes to him and he says, Cain, where is your brother Abel? He is giving Cain the opportunity that he gave to Adam and Eve to take responsibility for his sin and to confess. Adam and Eve failed the test. They just blamed each other and Satan. What does Cain do? He fails the test. (laughs) God gives him the opportunity. He asks questions and gives him the opportunity to repent. And he says, well... Am I my brother's keeper? My goodness, what do, you, what do you expect of me? And Cain reveals the state of his own heart when he spits back this taunting to God. Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is, of course you are. <laughs> Cain, you're the elder brother. You're responsible for your brother. And the law goes on and says, love thy neighbor as thyself. And you think of the good Samaritan. And all people come from this one man, Adam. All of us. We come from him. So all people are brothers and sisters, and we are responsible for each other. The punishment comes next. And we should know from Genesis chapter 3, but now it's reinforced here in Genesis chapter 4, there is always a consequence to sin. That does not mean that our sin cannot be forgiven. It can be. No matter what our sin is, it can always be forgiven. But we also need to know that there are consequences to sin that aren't always undone by forgiveness. You could be forgiven by God and still have to finish out your sentence or deal with the consequences of actions that you've, you've taken. Sometimes your sin will leave consequences in your relationships. But you can be forgiven in that. And so there are consequences to Cain's sin. Cain could not work the ground anymore the thing he loved farmers are a hard group of people to get to retire (laughs) they love the ground Cain's still a young man and he has to give up the passion of his life Cain was banished as a fugitive wanderer on the earth, partly because the land wouldn't produce for him any longer. He's banished from the presence of God. And then what you don't immediately catch in the text is this, that Cain is removed from the genealogy of Adam and Eve that leads to Noah and leads to Abraham and leads to Jesus. You see, the genealogy should have read Adam and Eve, Cain, Noah, Abraham, and all the way down to Jesus. And instead it reads Adam and Eve, Seth. And on 
on down to Noah and on down to the Messiah. Seth gets to take the place where Cain should have been. The saddest thing that happens in this text is not the sin. It is Cain's response to his own sin. Cain is distressed. He, he, he goes to God. He said, the punishment is more than I can bear. There is no indication anywhere in this text that Cain is ever distressed by his own sin and what he has done. He is only concerned that his punishment is more than he can bear. And um, if you've had children, (laughs) we've all been there, haven't we? (laughs) Where they didn't care about what they had done, they just didn't want the punishment. And you know, the thing is, we don't grow out of that very well. There is no repentance, there is no forgiveness, and there is no restoration of Cain, and that was what God wanted for him. And I want to say clearly to you and to myself, when you sin, God's intent and God's purpose is always restoration. He loves you and he wants to restore. Start over. That's God's heart. It's up to us to repent and to enter into that restoration process. In this text, we still find grace. We're in the Old Testament. And you expect God to respond to this and to Cain's refusal to take any responsibility for his sin with nothing but law and condemnation, and yet God spares Cain and spares his life. God is a God of grace in that he even offers Cain the opportunity for repentance. And the fact is, God is a God of grace just by the fact that he even offers us the chance to repent. God places the mark or a sign on Cain to protect him and his life. That is God's grace to Cain in spite of the fact that he doesn't repent. And while the descendants of Cain were not in the genealogy of Adam that led to Abraham or to Jesus, later on in the scriptures we find out that the very first people to design musical instruments for worship were the descendants of Cain. And God continues his work even through a very, very broken, unrepentant man. And that is the abounding goodness and grace of God our Father 
and the Lord Jesus Christ.